Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Wednesday, June the 1st. This week, we have NBA and Laker Twitter's own, the pettiest Laker fan in the building. We're here today to talk all things NBA and, of course, of course, the Lakers and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, everyone, to The Time Is Now. Man, um, I got somebody here. I know y'all been waiting to hear from me for quite a while. I got the pettiest Laker fan <laughs> in the building, Petty in the Post representer. Pe- no, I'm sorry, it's Petty in the Pod. Petty in the Pod representer. Um, can I give you a, should I give you a government? I don't want to give the government. I'll, I'll let you do that. I, I'm going to call you D-Money. I'm going to call you D- I call him D-Money. All right, All right D-Money bro. in the building. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Yo, I'm happy to be here, man. I couldn't have had a better intro than that. <laughs> yeah, know, man. man. The, yeah. Petty in the pod in the building, y'all. Y'all don't know. Hey, everybody here, all my listeners know about, because I, I share I his share stuff all the time. Big fan. I was I was rocking with you way before you got to your 20,000. I was rocking with you. Oh, back. goodness. I was rocking with you back with you, like, like around three. I think when you first went viral, you was around three. And that's yeah. where I was at. So I've been with you for a minute, man. So don't forget the little people on your way up. <laughs> Same, man. Same here, dude. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited to talk hoops today and yeah. just that vibe, man. Absolutely. Talking hoops at the right time. Speaking of hoops, we just got out of the Easter Conference Finals. Let's just rehash that real quick. First and foremost, before we all get to the ending of it, who did you have coming out of the East? Um, I unfortunately had the Celtics after the, after the the, um, the Bucks series. I think that was the one who was going to decide it. Um, I I didn't think I thought it would be close, but I didn't think that offensively the Heat would have enough to do it. And ultimately, it ended up being true. I think maybe I would have been wrong had Tyler Harrell um, not had that injury. I know he's not like you know you know the you know some superstar or anything, but he is really important to their half court offense. Um, and that's where you saw them suffer, especially, you know, late game. You know, Jimmy Butler, man, was put on some all-time great uh, playoff performances. You can't tell me any different. I agree. I had the same thing. I say even with Tyler here, honestly, this is going to sound pretty blasphemous after we we just seen how Jimmy Butler almost took over and won the series in the end, which was crazy yeah. because they did the infamous playing not to lose, which I hate. I hate that with a passion. That is the opposite of Pat Riley basketball, but I'll digress. Um, I felt like with Tyler Hero being healthy, they would have finished it. And I feel like the Celtics would have finished the six because of his defensive inefficiencies. I feel like that would have actually hindered them. It's similar to when Ja is out for Memphis. Memphis is so much better defensively, and they actually pushed the series to the Brinks in the Golden State series. That, that I feel the same 
thing would apply there. Um, so I also said the same thing. I said whoever I tweeted it well in the before the Celtics Bucks series began. I said whoever wins this series is not only going to win the East but also win the championship. So what do you think about that? Oh wow! Um, I I would I would say that like I'm I'm saying I'm saying like Warriors and seven. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was Celtics and seven. And it makes me sick to even have to like put get those words out of my out of my mouth. Like I want nothing more than to do my next my last coach card of the season on the Celtics. And I'm telling you, I have it in the I have it in the chamber already because of last night. Nice. But but um I, I have Warriors in seven. I think that ultimately the finals experience and the offensive uh you know i think they're i don't think they have they have a great off like a great team but i don't think they have enough great defenders to stop all of them if they if that team gets hot versus i i think that the um you know uh jalen brown and tatum offensively can be streaky i know that i'm gonna at least have one uh, player from uh, Golden State go off. So that's where my thinking is. It's a great point. That's a great observation. <laughs> I say the same thing. I feel like the Celtics will win in seven, but I would not be surprised if Golden State wins. Uh, mainly <laughs> because my, my, my mindset shifted after game six in Boston versus the Heat. I looked at them a little different. I, I saw the, I saw a little chink in their armor. And I was yeah. like, wait a minute, like, 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 why was this not like game six versus the Bucks? <laughs> yeah. You know, that like when Tatum went for like 46 and, and scorched earth against the best yeah. player in the league. I said, we know we saw that from Jimmy Butler. So I said, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then even in game seven, he has, he wore the Kobe Bryant uh, armband. I'm like, okay. But then I thought about it. Kobe Bryant in game seven versus the Celtics. He wasn't great offensively. He did everything else defensively and so forth and so forth. And we did kind of see that from Tatum. So I'm, I'm just conflicted. The, what I've seen from Golden State, I've seen dominance. I haven't seen dominance from the Celtics. So one can say the Celtics were more battle-tested in, in this playoffs because of who they have to go through. Yeah. But another can say that Golden State's hitting their stride. And they're starting like the 2015. Actually, I think they look a little bit better than the 2015 with the emergence of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. So um, when you I look at the, right, so when you look at the totality, I'm starting to shift my gears and say, doggone it, Golden State's going to win it. But on that topic in itself, on NBA Twitter, I would say more so Lakers Twitter, which is a whole different beast. As we know, there's, yeah, there's Black yeah. Twitter, there's NBA <laughs> Twitter, there's Lakers Twitter, right? And so, they overlap. <laughs> and, they, they, and they overlap. They, over, they interchange each other. Um, mm -hmm. So when you see... I, we got guys like EP and we talked to Guru and everybody else for the late night too. Yeah. And and Aaron, love them, by the way, man, I'm a really big them. fan of those guys. Shout, shout out, out to Stace, shout out to Guru, yeah, shout out bro. to Betty. Real you know, Laker um, fans, real Laker fans. You know, well, Betty's a LeBron fan, but she's come over to the dark. Well, to the light, <laughs> to the light, to the light. I was talking yeah. about late night Lake show. I'm talking about okay. them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're phenomenal. That's probably like the classiest uh, spaces you could be in. Um, even when they even when they allowed to get toxic, we let Jax get in there and go off. It's still fun. It's still fun. Yeah. Um, but um, what I, what I was saying is, AP brought up something to my attention, and I don't know if you saw the the, the tweet that I did the other day, when um, I did not realize we we had a discussion. I forgot it was at the end of the season, and we we're talking about who we should root for, and everyone's like, we have to. 
the diehards, Mike from OC, Guru, myself, we were coming down on anyone who was going for anyone, you know, we, we were going for the heat, going for, we were going for the Bucks early. They were like, oh, okay, we're going for the yeah. heat because of the fact that, you know, we were finding the Laker ties and how we had to make sure the Celtics could not get there. Eric, EP brought, EP brought something to my attention saying that, well, they, oh, they only won so much of my time. That's my grandfather's battle. And then he started saying stuff to where the Warriors fan base is mm. the reason why he has so much venom towards him. He said, he says, he's like, I'd rather see the Celtics get another one versus hearing more stuff like gravity and all this other bull crap from the Warriors fan base. And I could not wrap my brain around it until I started seeing tweets from some of those Warrior fans <laughs> trying to compare Steph, trying to exalt Steph Curry over one Kobe being Bryant. And I lost it. So <laughs> so I, I I understand the sentiment, but to me, that's a very like in the moment type of mentality because like no one's gonna remember uh you know stupid you know uh you know warriors fans you know 10 20 years from now people are gonna re remember championships that's the only thing that matters remember what uh Kobe wrote inside of Clay Thompson's uh, you know, book that he had signed by him, it, it said more rings, and because that's what it's all about get more right. championships. Because that years from now, people aren't going to remember, oh, Steph's gravity. If Clay Thompson is an all time great shooter and has four champions, too, they're going to be like, well, how did you know he he didn't win a championship without without Clay, right? I'm just using that as an example, right? People right. don't, people, I, I don't know, I feel like people, context is always lost at the end of the day it's about championships, and then for me. When I look at championships where we're tied with them, them us have having to winning a championship is hard. They win a championship this year. We need to win two championships to pass them, which is even harder than winning one. And that's right. to say, who's to say this doesn't start some type of dynasty for the uh, you know for the Celtics? You know that can be winning a championship can be the difference between a team staying together and getting better or wow. a team falling apart. So I, I, to me, I think that's a very like in the moment and kind of like unimportant it doesn't it's not important to me like i get it i understand that's not your your you know i also have like hatred you think the the fan base for warriors was ter was terrible let me tell you something about the the fan base for the the uh, celtics during the 60s this man bill bill was hopping out winning championships and being called racial slurs by his own right. team you know that they put in the paper they were trying to get higher attendance while they were winning championships and you know what the the poll, what it was, is like have less black players on the team. So for me, it's a forever. I'm, 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 I'm forever. There's never gonna be like a oh, there's another team out, out out here outside of the the Celtics that I want to lose more. It'll never be that. So to me, I, I can't, I can never get with that because to me, it just seems like a very, is is like, you know, somebody, um, you know, somebody accidentally stepping on your shoes and then versus someone. Or somebody stepping on your shoes versus somebody stealing your shoes, right? Like which person is <laughs> which person right. is, are you gonna be more upset with? So I don't know. For me, it's like I that to me that's like the severity, the difference between those two. I don't I don't see the Warriors fan base as that as that uh much because unless they hit on another Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and that, like there's no we're not gonna be seeing them as like a dynasty from here on out. I don't see it. I think they ran well, but I'm just saying, like it's not that easy to win championships and to have what they have homegrown. 
uh, which I think, and then also, you know, them being able to do what they did with the salary cap going up while the superstars being available, that's not going to happen. So even if they are a great franchise, it's not like they're going to be repeating, repeating, and repeating. Hey, maybe you'll hear this years from now and be like, wow, that was a really dumb take. But for me, <laughs> I, think, I think it's hard for, for anyone to win championships now that these uh, uh, smaller uh, franchises, these more like, these like not Grizzlies. in the big cities, are putting together these great teams yeah. without without you know because now with social media they don't need the same marketing you know they don't need to be in la yeah it helps them it's going to help no matter what because you're making connections but you can still have the um you know you could be out in milwaukee and still be one of the biggest names in basketball right it's not like it was before right so right. um unless you're playing for the pelicans you know <laughs> <laughs> great city but, man good food right <laughs> I love New Orleans. My dad's from there. I used to spend a lot of my summers out there. And I'd say to this day, the best food that I've ever had is New Orleans. Man. There it is. Yeah, you went out. You can totally thank them for allowing you to gain five pounds every time you visit. But um, when, when, it comes, when it comes to that, you bring up some good points. It's like, like I'll bring the analogy is like, you know, rooting for the Celtics is like rooting for the person who slapped your mother back in grade school. Like you, you really can't do that yet. Yes, it, yes, you have this guy in front of you who spit on your Nikes, but who do you hate more? The guy who spit on your Nikes and the guy when you find out later slapped your mom back in, in grace, you want to beat the crap out of him. So it's yeah. kind of like kinda, your mama joke versus somebody actually assaulting your mother. Assaulting like. your mother, exactly. That's <laughs> a, yeah, exactly. Yo, mama saw, and this dude actually pushed your mom down the stairs. Like, wait a minute, I got to kill this dude. So, um, yeah, yeah. I totally get that EP. You hear it first. Um, pettiest Laker fan, the petty one. Old, old, the old great pettiest brought me back to the to see the light that knowing that we cannot. I don't care how much we love Tatum, how much we want him to be a Laker down the line. I don't care how much we love Jalen Brown and all of his activism. I don't care that Uwe Doka married Nia Long the Great. I don't care yeah. that we love Al Horford and all his his dogness mentality inside of him. I don't care yeah. that Marcus the stupid. I mean the smart is 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 who he is, and we supposed to love the dog in him. At the end of the day. They're wearing Celtic green. The spirit of Red Auerbach flows through their veins, and we cannot root for the enemy. We cannot do that. We have to go ahead and look at our little brothers up the road and know that. If it was any other jersey, I would be right there with you guys supporting them. It was right. any other jersey, but I can't right. do it. It's about what it represents, what, being, what Celtics fans, the, the fan base represents to me. Like, they are all-time worst. And, and, and that's the thing, what, what you're saying here, well, that's what Eric and others don't grasp. And, and, and I started to lose my way when I saw it. It That's Twitter. That's not yes. the reality. Like Celtics no, fans, yeah. like like I'm a grown man, I'm in my 40s. And I have Celtic fans in my family, white guys from the East, but still Celtic fans. Um, they're different. They're not on Twitter like that. They're on Facebook. They're still on Facebook and they're, they're in real live and like Celtics most fans, of the Celtics, like most of the Celtics fans. Right. That's why I'm Celtic fans are, are, are in different avenues. If you go off Twitter, because Twitter is made for warrior fans and the like. But they talk about gravity and all this other dumb crap that doesn't make any sense. And most of them don't know their R's from their ear. They don't know they're babies. They silver like they didn't start watching basketball since till 2014. You can't they can't name me a member from Run TMC. They're barely learning about the We Believe team, like Barry Davis, where I'm from, yeah. who I idolized growing up. They don't know these things, so I shouldn't yeah, really man. allow them to get my goat, but the stuff that they write is blasphemous it, it, it is, It is, but you know, that's what Twitter is. It's the wild, wild west. And like, for me, I think one of the reasons that I have 
a, a some degree of like you know respect from people is that I don't let myself get pulled up in that very often it happens no matter what right. you know I can't but you can't like sit here and police people because you realize from Twitter that lots of people don't have a firm grasp on how basketball works I used to be mm-hmm. one of those people and through the connections that I've made from my content I've been able to like talk to like people who work in front offices people who who do scouting and basketball shout out to my boy uh Jordan Johnson who's uh you know uh doing his thing with uh sports psychology um yes. but I've I've had the opportunity to have conversations and, and be friends with these guys and has helped me to get a deeper grasp of basketball and realizing that like the majority of, of fans they're more of like the spectacle and just being able to get have something to get behind and they don't really care about the logistics they're gonna just defend their team to the death whether they're the most ignorant person in there and you know people who love basketball don't do that if they love basketball if you put the you know, like for instance, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, hey, the Celtics aren't gonna make the finals, they're not gonna win because I watch basketball. I see that they're a very good team. They're one of a, a great defensive team, maybe a, a perennially great defensive team. And uh, I have to be realistic because at the end of the day, if they win a championship, it's not gonna change the fact that I said they weren't gonna win one, right? right. Um, so to me, I think that's kind of what I've learned of like how, how to, dis- you're disassociating like what fans think from the actually reality of the game that's what you have to do because if not you'll be like man people are really out here disrespecting like my favorite player growing up you know right and it's just like these kids they don't have any respect for the game or respect for people scruples so like i just don't even i don't even entertain it i'm like one you're not gonna be pettier than me you're not gonna have <laughs> i'm gonna like you want to make your job i'm gonna make a video about the warriors doing something failure and losing that's gonna go viral more than your tweet about you know that uh, you know Steph Curry over you know uh, Kobe, which is like ridiculous. So to me, I I, um, I I try not to get into it, but it's easier said than done. You know, I'm not down. I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, trying to you know you know counsel you about it because that's part of fun too. It's also fun like clowning people when you see their stupid and terrible <laughs> basketball opinions. Their takes, it's like, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, half my content and me and David's content is founded off like bad takes that someone like Stephen A. Smith or one of them. Oh my God. And we'll just we'll just take the audio of it and then put video of the opposite going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so to me, I, I keep it up, NBA Twitter. I appreciate it. Oh man, you you, you man, I, you know what? This has been so fruitful. I'm I'm willing to end the show now. I'm just like got a lot to go through, but um, <laughs> because you brought me back. To, I'm telling you, go back. My, these are tweets from like a day or two, three. The last three days, I've been like just really in a dark place. I put a lot of uh, I've been putting a lot of uh, Jedi stuff out there. I've been I'm like welcome to the dark side. I've been really going through it, so I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate you, D Money. That's what I keep calling you, the pettiest. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, um, it, the, the stats, the Vegas supports your pick. Warriors are sixty-one percent chance odds of winning it all. It's a mm-hmm. slight edge when they say the point differential. I think it's like plus one sixty or something, like one thirty or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's a slight edge. Um, I, I I do feel like the Warriors will win Game One. Um, but um, I feel like the Warriors are going to win two more games after that. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Let's enjoy the series. And I, I do love virtually every player on the Warriors. One thing before we get off the finals and the Warriors, whatever, you said something that was very apropos. You said something that was that, that stuck. Talking about whoever wins. Well, more importantly, if Boston wins, because they've had the same core. Um, even Horford left and came back. He was there from the beginning. So smart. Horford, 
uh, Tatum and Brown have virtually been there for several years. And, and, and Tatum and Brown went to yeah. a couple of Eastern Conference Finals before, maybe three or so. And you brought up another thing about the experience where it shows that the Warriors have a combined 123-game Finals experience to the zero of the Celtics. One thing which, which is very important when you talk about legacy and, and possibly a dynasty. If the yeah. Boston Celtics lose, that could be huge. Not only with being one game over us, but if they stay together and win, they could possibly win at least a couple more, which makes it even that much harder. And what I try to explain to other people was that it took them, it took the Lakers my entire existence in life, 41 years, for them to catch the Celtics. Right. Exactly. And I said, and I said that cannot be overlooked. So now if Celtics win another three in the next five years, wow. How do, what, what does that do? Obviously, if they're winning them, we're not too. So, but so that's a big thing. And then the I think the Warriors have in their history, what, five total championships? So if they win another three plus more, it still does nothing. It doesn't even put a dent on the Lakers legacy historically. And, I, and when I look at the Warriors, they're set up for another dynasty for at least the next three to four years because of all the young players. Like Wiseman has not even got a chance to sniff. And I believe he's an upgrade from Looney. You have Kaminga, you have Poole, right? So when yeah. you look at that, um, I totally see your point with that when it comes to legacy and dynasty. If Celtics lose, what? where do they go from here? Who do they trade? Do they blow it up? It's a great, like, great, great point. Yeah, and like to me, I mean, even making the finals could give a front office the, the um, you know, confidence to be like, this is the squad, you know what I mean? And not that, you know, I'm making the, the, the finals. So they really have, like, built, you know, on what they've been doing. If you look back to, like, when IT was there, you know what I mean? Um, they've really built on this young core. And they've had, like, to their, to their um, you know, credit, they've really invested in uh, Marcus Smart. A lot of people thought that contract was stupid to make that contract. Right. A lot of people thought, you know, that, that how much they paid Jalen Brown was was stupid. And I think Jalen Brown's probably more consistent as a as a scorer and a, a performer than than Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum. Not, I don't think his his ceiling's higher. I don't think he's going to be as good as Jason Tatum. But I think for uh, having someone on consistently who's going to you know, defend, except for weirdly last round, he was struggling on defense. Uh, um. Well, I think that's the thing. Like, Jalen Brown's <laughs> job is like more like a Middleton in a sense where he's asked to score mm. and score clutch points. Where they want, what they wanted from Tatum to evolve his game is to be more of a defensive player and more of a distributor, more like a decoy a lot of times. So that way defenses get exposed by trying to double him or, 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 uh, or trap him. So I think that's been the evolution of his game is to incorporate defense and to be a better distributor and allow Jalen Brown to be Jalen Brown. All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. Brooke Shields turns 57 this week, and DJ Mustard turns 32. Nate Robinson, the dunk champion in the NBA, turns 38 this week, and YouTuber, and for Wild and Out, Zoe turns 31. Funny man Joe Coy turns 51 this week, and Swaggy P, Nick Young, turns 37. Clint Eastwood turns 92 this week, and from Black Ink, Caesar Emmanuel turns 43. Smush Parker turns 41 this week. And Azalea Banks turns 31. And the first lady, Jill Biden, she turns 71 this week. And 
Eastern Conference champion Al Horford turns 36. And Udadim Welvin the Great turns 34 this week. And EJ Johnson turns 30. Waka Flocka turns 36. And Tom Holland turns 26. Vic Mensa turns 29 this week. And Jordy Nelson turns 37. And the voice of God, Morgan Freeman, turns 85 this week. And Kenny G turns 66. Amy Schumer turns 41 this week, and Heidi Klum turns 49. Rafael Nadal turns 36 this week, and AJ Styles turns 45. Alanis Morissette turns 48 this week, and Brian McKnight turns 53, and Aquafita turns 34. Wayne Brady turns 50, Dave East turns 34, and Andy Cohen turns 54. Abby Wambach turns 42 this week, and Russell Brand turns 47. Drew McIntyre turns 37, and Spock and Siler from Heroes, Zachary Quinto turns 45. D-Hop, DeAndre Optus turns 30. Carol Baskin, mm, she turns 61. Anderson Cooper turns 55. And Freddie Krueger, Robert England turns 73. Mark Warburg turns 51. And finally, from Billions, Paul Giamatti turns 55. We have some honorable mentions. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe would have been 96 this week. And... Andy Griffith would have been 96 this week also. And Josephine Baker. Wow. Josephine Baker would have been 116 this week. Good Lord. That's a lot of years. And finally, Breonna Taylor. Say her name. Breonna Taylor, tragically killed a couple years ago, would have been 29 this week. That's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Hey, hey, everyone, welcome. Yo, yo, yo. Yes, sir. Welcome back to The Time Is Now. I still got here, Petty in the pod and the pettiest Laker fan of all time in the building. What's up, man? What's up, man? All right, we got the I'm, uh, I'm waiting, man. I'm hyped. Yeah, we got past those times. Yeah, I had to uh, put my phone on silent. It must have been some, you know, Warriors fan or Celtics fan trying to mess up our flow. I, I, I feel the vibes. I feel the vibes. Okay, great. So, continuing on, um, last we were talking about the series and everything like that. Let's get to what the fans hear. Let's give the people what they want. Um, you know, we are fans. So, look at no one could have predicted that we would be as bad as we were, at least at least no one in Lakersville. We were all very hyped. We got um, Westbrook, even though none of us really wanted him. But we're like, hey, you know, it could it hurt so bad to have another uh, former MVP of the league uh, join the team. But as we saw, it was a complete catastrophe. What the Lakers did to Vogel was not great, not extending him and then putting together a team that does not fit what he does. Obviously, we got what we got, and then the injuries did not help. Now, with that, the team right now, the Lakers only coming back under contract this year. We have Anthony Davis in two years. Westbrook has the player option. LeBron has another year. He can extend if he wants to. THT has one more year with a player option. And Kendrick Nunn also with another year with a player option. Kendrick so, Nunn, who's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what does Saffron call him? <laughs> what she, she used to call him, uh, what she called him, uh, uh, what do you call, what they say with Tupac? The, uh, the thing with the, the, the hologram. 
Holograms was called. <laughs> she called them hologram. The hologram Kendrick Nunn. Hologram Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, that good. Shout out Saffron, um, the infamous Nas. She's been on the show. She is amazing. Our local lawyer, and, uh, along with Betty, the lawyer as well. So um, when you look at the squad moving into next year, now that they've hired uh, Darren Ham, former power small four power forward in the league who commands a lot of respect in the locker room but he is also still a rookie head coach we haven't seen his staff that he's put together yet what do you think how do you feel i should say moving into next season with these lakers so to, so far i think uh everything that the lakers has done has been to correct to write this shit. like i think they've made all the right decisions so far they can make all the right decisions and still not contend next season. I think that's like one thing that we need to like separate those two things is they could still not be, they, they should be good enough to make the playoffs barring injuries. But you know, it's like one of those things was like, we put, we made such a big gamble on Westbrook um, that it, you know, there's going to be like overarching, um, I guess, consequences from that. So. I feel like so far the decisions they made, I'm happy with. And I think that like most Laker fans based on what their expectations were, are happy with. I think uh, I, I had to do a little bit of research about Darvin Ham when the, the uh, uh, I guess the like the, the rumor started coming out about the possibility of him being the Lakers next head coach. And the more that I look, I learned about him, the more I was okay with it, you know? The more I was like, okay, I'm on board for this, to the point where I was like, listen, I do not want Terry Stotts in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. So it's more about who who they had left? Like, he was like the best of what was event. What you're saying? No, no, no. I, I just, I... I'm, I don't try to pretend like I know every player and I know the history of every every player's history. I knew that he was a person who commanded respect. I've known that, but I didn't know much about his career and about what led him to the getting this opportunity. So that's the part. Awesome. He's also been an um, assistant coach with the Lakers in the past. So they, you know, Lakers always have to find a way <laughs> to, to have yeah. someone who has some sort of connection to the Lakers organization. So when we look at that, um, before we get it, we know, okay, I know the Russ stands, the Joy DeAndres of the world are waiting to hear what we say about Russ. <laughs> um, but more so about the um, the people we're letting go or the unrestricted free agents. Um, well, we do have to talk about these real quick. You have uh, Mason Jones and uh, <laughs> Mac McClung, who have the two-way contracts are restricted with with us. Um, do you, that, uh, uh, well, look, moreover, who do you think we should bring back that, that are not signed with the Lakers right now? Um, obviously, the popular answer uh, is going to be Russell Westbrook. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and he's I'm already, he already has a player him. option. He already has a player option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I think, uh, I mean, we also, I think we, Austin Reeves, what is his contract? Because isn't he like... Uh, Great question. Because I think he's res he's a restricted free agent or like an or he's signed to the Lakers because I didn't I didn't think that um I think he's like we have him under like uh contracts no he actually um why is it not pulling up okay I found him yeah Austin Reeves has the team option so Stanley Johnson has the team option um his current contract's two years, three million. Austin Reeves, two years, so also has a team option as well. Um, 
So this the team organization has the option if they want to keep him back or not. I we obviously say we want him to come back. He doesn't. He's he. And, and then the player options, hologram, and so, Russ, Russ. Yeah, <laughs> got it. So we all we know Kendrick Nunn's coming back. It wouldn't make sense for him to go to not come back because that you know with his <clears throat> being out all entire season, there's obvious questions. So he's back on the roster. I obviously Malik Monk is the is the ideal person to come back. And I, I want, uh, I of course would want pa- Carmelo Anthony to come back as well. Are you serious? Yeah, I want Carmelo Anthony to come back. You Carmelo Anthony is currently every... thirty-seven, and he made two point six so I, million dollars. So I want him to come back. We're looking at the end of the season, right, where okay. he was not playing that well. But let's go back to the beginning of the season when he wasn't forced to pay more minutes than a. 37-year-old should be playing. Carmelo Anthony is an all-time great scorer. He doesn't do the little things. We don't need him for that, but we want to be a, a person who can score off the bench for about 15 to 20 minutes a night, not 30 minutes. So that's that's the thing. Is like <clears throat> I want him to come back in the right situation where we have young players who can run up and down the court and do all the little things and that he can come in and play. Because you realize because of injuries, he had to move up in his minutes. And that's when you saw the downtick in production. Do you not remember the, the historic performances that we were getting from Carmelo Anthony at the beginning of this season? Hmm. I know it was a long time ago, but the I know it was a long time ago considering all that we've gone through, but he was great for us at this beginning of the season. It was just, they had him playing too many minutes because they didn't have anybody else who could play those minutes. So <clears throat> for me, I would want him to come back in a, you know, a six man, seventh man role, what? not as like a starter, <laughs> not as like a okay, starter. Okay. Like actually, six man. I guess not six man. <laughs> I don't want him to play six man minutes. When I say that, I mean like, okay. he, I That's want where him I was to going. be a person who's I, the minutes that I'm saying. Like he's still going to be coming back on a minimum if he does come back. So it's not like we're going to be you know, giving opportunity to someone of like, you know that he's going to be able to knock down a shot, an open shot, <clears throat> which a lot of, um, which is not at a premium as of, or like that is at a premium right now. Because a lot of these young guys, they can defend, but then when it, when it really matters, you don't know what you're going to get from them. <clears throat> well, well, when it comes to Carmelo Anthony, who's actually the oldest player on our team last season, even older than Dwight Howard and LeBron James, um, I understand what uh, sentimental reasons we should bring him back. He should come back more like uh, how he, I think he should fulfill the Wayne Ellington role, a guy who can score but didn't really get a chance to play. I feel like that should be the role of Carmelo Anthony. He should, he should only get limited roles. I think he should only play roughly about mm, five to seven minutes a game. I don't think he deserves that. reason why I say that is the people that we need to replace that position with. We need more mm-hmm. 3 and D winged players. We need young players under the age of 25. How do we find them? I'm not 100% sure. I don't have a remedy for that. I'm just saying what the Lakers need. All right? No, so I'm I say, with you. I'm with you. So I say do that. And because we get those, that will actually push up down the line. I think Carmelo helps these guys in practice, showing them how to be efficient scorers in a post, show them how to get a quick release of their three. I think he's more of a that role on this team. Now, if he gets minutes, great. Like also, Rondo. We, like Rondo. Like a Rondo. Even, even though no one has Rondo's IQ, this dude's which was person digression this yeah. past season. Um, but um, I feel like he's a good addition to the, on the team because Melo's learned his role. Um, I feel like the, the player that we need to focus on 
is the unrestricted free agency of Malik Monk. He he's obviously was our our biggest surprise, not mine. I waiting to go back to my when they signed him. I was the most excited for him. I saw what he did in Charlotte. I have league pass. And I knew what he can do, but I also knew he was inconsistent, which is why he should not be a starter. Uh, I feel like he should be our sixth man. And I feel like Austin Reeves actually should start. I think he should be our starting point guard. I think he should be our starting point guard because he does everything and he's cheap and he's a team option. They're only going to offer to pay him $1.5 million. That's cheap. Cheap as hell. We need him on our roster. So I think that's the way to go. Um, Malik Monk, it depends how much they're going to pay him because the reason why he was not... While the Lakers were a team to off the contract is for some off the court um, disc- um, discretions and stuff like that that are not very popular. I don't want to get deep into that because I want them to keep them. Yeah. I don't want this going to the ether because um, I know how popular your fan base is, and I don't want them to kind of throw that around. But at the end of the oh, day, I mean, let's be let's be let's be one hundred percent frank. The people who need to make those decisions know all of this. You know, know all right. of these things, so it's not right. going to affect it. I just want to put that out there. I think that. That I think the things that are more toxic is like the fan base when it comes to talking about play, like a, a bad player, like how Russ had a, a, a difficult season. They want us to trade him, and then you you guys spend, you know, we spend half the season like tanking his value, right? When he's mm. a better player than what people are tanking. I right, want you so, to highlight that some more. Let's get because that is a very hot topic when it comes to Russell Westbrook. Then a lot of people are, uh, are bashing the Lakers front office for trying to make that the the focal point of why we should hire you. What can you do to get the most out of Russ? What do you think the Lakers should do with Russ? Do you think they should, should try to embrace him and, and and try to make it one last run in his last year of his contract? Or do you think they should ship him off? No, so I'm going to give you a little bit of insider information right here. All right. Let's go. So I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Basically, of course, they're going to be looking at like a team that obviously based on what happened last year, they're going to be looking into the options of of trading Russ, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. He was brought here. He's made. It's not really about is he a superstar. It's about how much of it's a, a salary thing. How much of a salary is this person taking up versus their production? You know, that's what it really comes down to with any player. Uh, it's yeah, not so and, much and about, that answer, the answer next season, will be forty-seven million dollars. Go ahead. Exactly. So, of course, they're going to look into moving him, but at the same time, the Lakers are poised to keep him. Um, next season because if you if you go into a trade knowing like a team uh, uh, thinking that you're desperate like I hear all these people talking about Indiana and OKC what would be their motivation for helping the Lakers out like what would be their motivation for making these trades neither of those teams are contending and they're trying to grow like what would be the motivation and nobody has been able to give me a good answer I can't on Indiana that's easy Oh, go ahead, shoot. Well, Indiana, what they're trying to do is also rebuild, and they have people like, okay, um, uh, now I'm forgetting his name, the center they have over there. What's his name again? Uh, which uh, I don't. I know you're, t- I know you're yeah. talking about. I'm black in the league. I can't remember his name, for God's sake. I always do this. First of all, if you listen to my show, every week there's a there's a mind bog of, of a name of a player. But that's uh, but anyways, um, to get like Brogdon and those people off of their books and have an expiring contract of over $47 million will be their um, thing looking forward to the season after next. And then trying to acquire that first round pick from the Lakers. So just trying to remove those players because they know with those players, with those contracts, they can't build. And also knowing that um, 
dude is going to bother me. I cannot remember his name. If you can Google it while I'm doing this, that'd be great. Um, yeah. So, uh, that same player, that, that, um, that center, my brain's shutting down. But, um, and it's an easy name too. It's going to really piss me off. But, um, thank you, Turner. Miles Turner has said in an interview, similar to what they said to the, um, to, to Grant over there in uh, Detroit, how they want to be the number two best player on a championship team. Neither one of those guys can do that, at least not with the Lakers. So, and, and they're going to want big contracts. Well, at least um, uh, Turner does. He's on the last year, I believe, of his contract as well. So they say, instead of losing it from nothing, let's go ahead and do a, a, a salary dump. So I can understand that. I do, on those same reasons, I don't want Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. I can see why people say for the short term, let's go back to Malcolm Brogdon. He misses just as many games, if not more games, than AD over the last two to three seasons. He's not a reliable person to play uh, to, to, to to be out there. His game, he fits actually very well with the Lakers, but he, or what's the point? Miles Turner, similar thing. He's been injured a lot the last two seasons. I think he will play great next to AD. So I get why Laker fans want them, but I can see why it'd be a bad move. And then also to move that first round pick can also be a bad move. As well. I don't want it to go. So that for all around. those, but but for all those reasons, and the same reasons that the front office for the Lakers would be hesitant to make that type right. of trade or commitment, right? Because of course you could have one season of Russ. Or, because if we can't get anything back anyway, there's not going to really be a difference, right, between Russ, uh, you know, be, between Russ being here and some other team that can't, other players that are going to be long-term contracts, right? that are, for, you know, longer contracts that uh, will put the Lakers in a, in, the, in a maybe a little bit better of a position, but overall worse position, right, versus a, right. just, like, like uh, p- gritting their teeth and, and pushing through, right, this next season. And they also have the option of, like, waiting through the halfway of the season and waving and stretching they can do there's a bunch of things options that they have where they don't need to appear desperate to these things lakers fans are desperate because they know that we're in the last couple years of ad and lebron uh pairing and we i get that but ad and lebron are also partially responsible for the situation that we're in right so when you when you think of it from a business perspective it has to be amicable on both sides. Like they have to make the front office has to make decisions for them because obviously the the Lakers are about taking care of their superstars. And that's why they it's a partnership in the in the front office with them. It's not a they, they're very open about that. It. It's a partnership because these guys are all time great players and they know just as much about basketball as anybody in the front office is gonna know. Especially being on the court there with them, right? right. Um so for me, I think it's just I, I always urge people to have a little bit more of a of a like patient view because they're gonna do what's gonna be best for the Lakers, and that's ultimately what's gonna be best for the fan base. So I know that there's not confidence there, and I get it. I just know from me speaking to people in the front in the Lakers front office that they know that they have you know they they know about the errors that they've made and they're working on writing the ship. And there's some people that are some really bright minds in that front office that I know that are going to be handling business. And you guys know I'm the biggest Jeannie Bus stand, period. So <laughs> I believe uh, in her, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do. Shout out Jeannie Bus, love you and appreciate you. If you have an opening for an internship, I will take that and I will show you my work. <laughs> Anyways, because sports internship, I think I can help them. 
I would, I, I, would, I would like to start with the Lakers and, and then and then get some elevated role with the Sparks. I think I can help them. I really do, honestly. But anyways, um, I'm playing. I'm fun, I'm being funny, but I'm serious. <laughs> but anyways, um, so so you to be clear, you're leaning towards the Lakers keeping him or at least looking at with the new coaching regime for halfway through the season. No, no, no. So I'm not leaning either way. To me, okay. these things are like they. They they develop right. It's a, it's fluid, right? The way that things come about, opportunities come about, where decisions need to be made. Who knows? Uh, halfway through the season, a team asks for a trade, right? Right. Or a player asks for a trade, and we can work something out, right? So I'm I'm just saying that I think people will need to let be like trade rush, trade rush, and and look and let the let the front office cook because the front. Like if they're desperate to trade Russ, they're gonna put the team in a worse position than they are now, and that's not what fans want. And I think that they, they think that they see it clearer than the front office or than people that are like paid to do this. But I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to comprehend that. I know when people when bad decisions are made, you kind of be like, well, I could have seen it, told them not to do that. But there's just so much that goes on that has nothing that's on business side and relationships that has nothing to do with basketball. That it's it's hard for me to to feel comfortable saying this front office or this this person or player is incompetent because Russ could go into a different situation and thrive. You know what I mean? There's like, it, it's just not working out here in LA. That doesn't mean that we can't find a way to have him be effective and be able to still be like play great basketball and help the Lakers win games. Because like you said, there's only like 10 games that they played together last year. So how do we even know? Yeah, we can't even, like we know that the team was bad and that it had to do a lot more than Russ. So. Who's to say that we don't get a better roster around these guys and they play better? And I'm not saying that they're going to be contenders. I don't think that they can do that with the allotted um, salary that goes towards Russ at the level of production that he's dropped off at, right? Um, And him not being able to be a a shooter, all those things. His inefficiencies, I get it. I'm just saying that it's like, it's not black and white like Lakers fans or some Laker fans are trying to make it out to me. And that's my, my I I agree with that. And when it comes to Russ, um, I, I was very disappointed how they did not have that conversation um, in the offseason leading up to it, was that um, it was very clear to me when they got him that um, LeBron unwillingness to play off ball and all inability in the half court set, that it was very mm-hmm. evident that he should have been their sixth man so he could continue to be Russ as a quote unquote air quote Russ. I felt like he should have been told that from the beginning. Still play starters minutes. Like you're still playing 32 plus minutes a game, but we need bench because we need that spark off the bench. And we don't need, we, we need someone, um, maybe it was too early for Austin Reeves, but to have another, we needed someone who started was like a three and D player versus someone yeah. who's going to be a, a electric dynamite. Also too, the pace of play that Russ plays was the exact opposite of the Lakers and he are not well suited to play a fast paced offense as LeBron continues to age. He cannot do that for an 82 game season. It doesn't work in their benefit. So people misconvoluted that their high defensive ratings with, with Vogel, if you really look at it, it was mainly because of and, and it was like the San Antonio, Detroit um, Pistons method where they slowed down the game, which is why you didn't get a lot of points. Memphis Grizzlies back when the defensive the defensive efficiency had a lot to do with their slow pace and getting into the half court set. So um, that that's really pretty much that. And I knew that Russ would be what, 
make us uh, make the Lakers. I shouldn't say us; they don't pay me. Uh, less efficient uh, defensively. So we're gonna pivot from from that. I know we got a lot of that in there. We gotta respect what's going on in the NFL right now. Even though you know we talk about basketball, we talked a little yeah. offline. My team's the Raiders, and I don't see us. I had to talk about this a week or so ago. But I don't see us doing damage because the AFC West <laughs> is not only the toughest division right now. It's insane I feel like, right now. Man. I feel like whoever comes out of the AFC West is going to win the championship. I said it last season. So whoever comes out of the NFC West will will win the Super Bowl. I'm saying the same thing this season. Whoever comes out of the AFC I do not believe it will be my Raiders have a hard time winning five games next season, even though they just got one of probably the best wide receiver in all of football. Who is your team? What are your early picks? I need to hear this. So I told you that it was a very complicated thing, right, for my teams. Because I am from San Diego. I live in San Diego. A lot of people know that. Some people don't. But I'm, I'm in San Diego. My, you know, my heart is in L.A. When it comes to anything sports, it's all in L.A. Um, now. Uh, but when the, the Chargers left San Diego, I'm a really I'm not a fan of the Spanos family as an ownership group. Um, I have so much that I could. We don't even have enough time to go into all the the things how they thwarted this team from winning a championship when they were when they had this Hall of Fame roster. But um, I digress. My uh, I was a Charger fan until they left, and it made me lose when they left. It made me lose my love for the game, like wow. for football. So I kind of just became an observer. And um, with that, I've always supported, you know, anything that's, you know, California um, or LA, San Diego, except for the Raiders, because, you know, like, you know, that rivalry. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I try, right. I like, I, I wanted to do it. So I, you know, I always am like really rooting for the Rams, but I'm not a Rams fan. And I decided this year that I'm going to come back to um, football and try and be supportive. And, and uh, I decided to take take my talents back to the uh, Chargers. So you're getting okay. the, the scoop here first. The scoop here first that um, Petty is a uh, Chargers fan, which is fine, which is fine. I mean, your team, uh, my team was the reason why y'all didn't make last season. Um, so I, oh, I, I can take some that knowing that I, I caused you some sort of pain there. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. It was that, time, coaches, that was the coach's fault because you guys were going to let them I can I, I I not can't tell you how I know this, but and I know that there was some 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 stuff that was on camera that kind of alludes to this too. But I can confirm to you that they were just going to kneel. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. were just going to. No, I know. I, we thing. all they said it in the post game, right in the post game. I was like, did he really just say this? But you know, that's guy. He, uh, that's why I loved him. Uh, he was a special teams coach, ended up becoming the the head coach for the rest of the season. And he pretty much just said it. He didn't have any filter, and I loved every second of it. But, yeah, that was pretty nasty stuff. Oh, man. So you are a Chargers fan. How do you think your Chargers are going to do this year, being in the toughest division in all of the NFL? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm saying that they they um, win at least eight to nine games minimum, I think. I really am – I'm a true believer in, in the quarterback. He, he impressed me this last – he actually is partially the reason – why I've decided to start watching again. Okay. You decided to watch again? Okay. Um, I, I've, I'm just like, I, I, I'll, uh, I don't want to, ha- you know, try and have any takes or anything, but I think the Chargers are going to be a lot better than some of the, the people 
uh, than than most people believe. So I'm just put that. I, 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 I think they're gonna make. I think I think they'll make a wild card slot. I think I think they'll be that good. Mm-hmm. Even though that division will beat up on each other, I, I really feel like they have the ability to uh, win a wild card selection. I think three teams out of that division, uh, being the uh, of course the Chiefs, the Chargers. I actually think the Broncos win the division and win the Super Bowl. That's that's my early pick. So I said that uh, weeks on. Yeah, that's oh, my really? hot take. Yeah. What do you think about Justin Herbert, though? I'm interested to what your thing is outside. Uh, um, I feel like a lot of teams were stupid for passing. But I think Justin Herbert, I call him affectionate. Him sunshine. Like, uh, uh, remember the Titans? <laughs> Titans, yeah, sunshine. yeah. I see. That's sunshine. That's what I call him. And I give names to everybody that I think is great. I feel like Justin Herbert is is uh, is going to be neck and neck because I think Russell is going to get older. This is his one moment, I believe. Russell, but like it's going to be uh, between Sunshine and uh, and next five years plus maybe. So uh, I, I th- yeah, I think they're going to be battling it out. Yeah, I really do. I think that. What, I think do, what do you think defense, about your quarterback situation? I don't like Carr. I've made it clear uh, often with his with his good buddy um, and. Devontae Adams and see how that goes. I think having Adams and then still having Waller is huge. And then Renfro is very underrated. I feel like they have a good chance having a good dynamic offense. We got to see who they pick up as another running back to go ahead mm-hmm. there with, with our other star. Um, I won't say elite, but really good uh, running back as well. So my team is going to be decent. I just feel like they're going to be a product of their tough, tough division um, of why we won't do great. I feel like Carr doesn't take chances downfield. Which is why Emperor off Adam C. Well, should never left Aaron Rodgers. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562 Seven eight eight eight. What can I say? I love PDA. Welcome back to the time is now. We're still here with the pettiest Laker fan. Go ahead, Petty. So that's how I feel about that. Um, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I know it's like a lot of time for sometimes people are, uh, I guess it's hard for them to criticize their own team. <laughs> I, I, I think that's weird to me. <laughs> to me, I think that's really weird. Um, but I, I noticed that Derek Carr has been like a very uh, controversial figure from um, like as an observer, I always see the conversation about is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Um, and what are the reasons that you think that he's not the guy? I'm just curious because I wanted to know this as a I have who... reasons. See, a lot of people get caught up in um, late game drives. You got to remember, why are you in that position to begin with? That's one. But late game drives, they give all these lofty stats. Like he's always top five in, in, in yards, but is he ever top five in touchdown passes? Aha. Mm-hmm. See, that's what the game comes down to. 
and scoring the ball, not field goals, but touchdowns. It's another thing. Um, reason why in my fantasy sports, I've always picked the kicker for the Raiders because Carr would drive you down the field, but then cannot score in the red zone. That's very important. And, and he had a good red zone confidence in himself and his own uh, um, he, he's afraid to make mistakes and because of that Mahomes is the exact opposite which is why you see how these guys are always in the Super Bowl and the Raiders are not Not it's not the talent Raiders have had talent they had Khalil Mack they had all these other pieces but they couldn't put it together yeah yeah I, I think defense I think defense is scared when Mahomes has the ball he's like he's doing no look throws and you know yeah. backhanded throws and shovel right. passes and right. and look offs and he's not scared to, to make a, a bad play he's the Stephen you Curry know, he's Steph Curry of the NFL wow that, reason that's why I really say that Steph example. Curry finals is always doing some reckless crap that costs you the game but he's also the same guy who's going to do all this same crazy reckless to the point now where his three-point shot from 40 feet is not a bad shot. It's the same thing from Mahomes. He does crazy crap. You're like, oh, that's not a bad throw. But before before Mahomes, before Steph Curry, we were always saying that's a bad throw. That's a bad shot. But with these two guys, they changed the game. And the same way they'll get you there, the same way they could cost you too. Mahomes done it. Steph Curry did it. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I think I – think, uh... I'm I'm very interested to see. I feel like like if if Russell Wilson doesn't win another championship, he'll be kind of a letdown career, you know? Because he had he had so much early success, you're just like, man, this guy's gonna be running the league. And it felt like the, his front office didn't put him in the right position to do that, um, to to be able to succeed. I feel like it'll kind of be like a letdown. I can see that. I feel like the biggest letdown would be someone like Dak Prescott. I mean, these guys both got drafted in the fourth round. Um, they both had um, – Dak was touted to have more talent early with the arm strength and so forth and so on. Dak has had the better teams around him. He's had the worst division around him. And he's obviously in, in the most uh, – what do you want to say? The, 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 the most hyped – they're the Yankees, if you will, of the NFL. And to not win at all, which is looking like it may be the case, he may never win one. Let down, in my opinion. I'm all for cowboy slander. I'm all for it. Yeah. So you're you're from San Diego. So with baseball, are the Padres your team? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I um I'm also I'm not much of a baseball fan. When I was a kid, I was, but you know I had Tony Gwynn that I was watching. You know, mm. and for me, I um have I've been like I said I've been watching the the Dodgers and enjoying them because because I always root for this I guess I, I'll say that I am a uh, a Padres fan and some Dodger fans will look at this as sacrilege but um, the same reason that they like to roast this is the same reason that I support the Dodgers uh, when they're in when they're in contention because they're, what do you watch a sport for to see your team compete right. and the Padres have just not been able to compete you know they've. Had, I um, I just remember when uh, I think it was uh, Rodriguez. Um, but they could they couldn't even keep him because it would. He, he's like I want to stay, but we can't afford. Like they, you know, like they can't afford me. You know, and I can't have like the rate of someone who's of my skill level. You know, uh, you know, like start getting paid less. So like, it's just like to me they've never been like truly competitive. And the new ownership group, um, they definitely have made strides. But I, to me, they just haven't been competitive, so I haven't had 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 the urge to really watch them. So I've kind of been more—I've almost been like vicariously a Dodger fan that 
that way because that's the only competitive, you know, postseason baseball that I've gotten to watch. So, oh, cool. We got to catch a game one of these days, man. Maybe Rick Dodgers versus. I've never Rogers been to there. Dodger State. I've never Are you been never to Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium? Yeah, it's on my list of things to do. But don't get me wrong, San Diego. I'm down to go. Are they still? Are they still? I haven't been to. No, no, they have their own. Qualcomm doesn't even exist no more. It got it got uh, destroyed, and they're going to be SDSU uh, stadium. Yeah. You so much I know, man. I don't go down that way almost ever. I go down there. I actually go down there Um, to see Shamu, and that's it. But man, Petco. Is it? Petco Park is amazing. You should definitely make it. Oh, dude, it's one of the. It's considered one of the best stadiums in the, um, you know, in the baseball associations. Well, well, we'll do this then. I, I'll go. To, we'll go to uh, Dodgers Padres. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down there to see the Dodgers. I will not just go see a Padres game. So we gotta look at the schedule. I'll hit you up <laughs> offline uh, with a Dodgers yeah. set that up, and then some random time. Or- when the Dodgers play whoever, doesn't matter. Dodgers game, you go there to get drunk anyway. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Dodgers <laughs> Stadium is amazing, man. You'll see a lot of Raiders fans out there. It's great. So um I'm so all for that, it, man. I'm all for it too. Before we get out of here, man, we, we gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. Brittany Griner situation in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh I think it's a travesty what's going on. I, I'm getting educated by the day about all the POW and, and, and all the political crap behind it. And uh, yeah. but but the thing that pisses me off as I'm raising a daughter felt like there was not enough media coverage on in February till now until now until the WNBA season started a couple weeks ago. Now they starting to actually talk about it. Got the um, uh, the BG uh, the dot org. Well, I gotta find it. I have it here somewhere. The actual website. So I want to make sure. Um, there's a BG. Yeah. So um, we. Wearebg.org says W E A R E B G.org. I need everybody to go there, sign a petition, and get her home as soon as possible. What 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 what's your take on um what's happened? Just just give me your perspective on everything with with Brittany Griner. So, like I think we talked a little bit on a little bit of it on spaces. I remember I was dropping you know what my my perspective was on it on spaces and basically you realize that it's all politics it really comes to do with politics right now russia's in a uh, position with them being at war and all these sanctions being put on them because to me Brittany griner uh doing that if she was bringing that with her like when she goes i'm imagining this isn't the first time that she's ever you know that that's ever she's ever gone through customs right and like for me aren't you like so hyper like thoughtful about things like that right when you're going through customs so to me the fact that she was it felt like they were targeting her right right and then also like the way that it hasn't gotten the the um type of air that it is it just kind of feels like the same way that they treat anything when it comes to black people that it's it's uh it's not as important and and to me it's just uh, like i said it's it's disappointing but like i know that there's this is all politics it's not anything to do with with actual, I, I, you know, see, what Britney's doing. So, yeah, so you say, and you had a great point about her. She's been diagnosed with um, a condition where she has to use medicinal marijuana. She's been doing that for over seven years. So I know she's been taking it with her. The thing you said, you said about black people, no, it's black women. Because of the simple fact is, like I always said, being a black um, woman is like being black twice. If that was LeBron James, you gotta, you gotta put it in perspective who Britney Griner is to the sport of basketball. 
She is a first ballot Hall of Famer. She's probably a top 10 all time basketball player. No, no one's got more dunks in basketball history than Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is that. She is somebody who puts in the work and, and like I said, first ballot Hall of Famer, um, league champion. You know, she's done everything. Okay, blocks leader. And to have her go through this, that's I wouldn't say LeBron James. Let's just say someone else. Let, let, let's let's say that was we can't say Giannis. He's out of No, America. but you're right. You're it, right. It could be anybody let's, let's of that stature, it. an elite NBA player. This Damian Lillard. You're you right. know, this is Steph Curry. What would we do? How would he be there for a hundred days? You see what I'm saying? And 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 how the and, and maybe yeah. like CNN not covering it. You know what I mean? Like ESPN not even really talking about. So it. I think. I think those are two different things, though. It being covered versus how long before they get back, because they are in the middle of a, in the middle of a, uh, you know, a war, right? And there's, like, and like I said, there's sanctions that are being put in on, on um, Russia that are that are obviously taxing, during like no pun intended during um, a, a war, them being in a war, and you know, the fact that they're trying to trade an actual like guns war criminal yeah war yes. criminal for her it just lets you know that their intentions is like to get something out of it and put the american in a certain situation you know so it's like but i see, that's the thing me. i get that i get that but my point is i think they go hand in hand if there was more coverage a hundred days of coverage will put pressure on biden and them people to get her home okay i i can i can see that my, that's what I, my only my only issue is 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 the the differences like if we, we can we can keep that what they like to say the young people say today that that same energy if they yeah. can keep that same energy then it's as usual but because it's a WNBA player and let's not let's not let this be lost in the in 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 the ether is the fact that she's a, a, a part of the LGBTQ community as well yeah and and yeah. And, and, and you know it's the, she's a black woman WNBA LGBTQ black on the masculine side you it. see what I'm saying yeah it's triple it's triple it's triple down so and I think the LGBTQ community needs to stand a little louder because they fight for everything else every time there's a Black Lives Matter thing they they put their agenda in there which is fine okay we'll jump in this one I haven't heard too much from that community on this. Yeah, I mean that's a valid point. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I, I got a little passionate. Sorry. No, I talk no, about I, it every I, week. <laughs> I understand your frustration. I think that the key is is just gonna, like you said, keeping keep keeping the conversation going. Yeah, got to keep the conversation going, man. We we uh, this was fun. We went a lot over time, which is fine. We had some technical difficulties, but all in all, a phenomenal, phenomenal time. So before before we get out of here, where can people find you? How can they follow you? Everything. Just 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 throw it at us. Go ahead. Um, all right, so you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at the same app. It is at the pettiest LA. Um, and you know, I my goal, like I said, is to just create positive, uh, petty, like you know, light humor content about the NBA. Nothing is disingenuous. I don't like to talk about anything outside of the game of basketball and just keep it fun. I think my whole my whole uh mo is that i want like people to remember that basketball is entertainment we don't need to you know we we on this show i guess we should keep people informed we talk about it but the average fan they don't need to be focused on trades and what can be what for what for what like enjoy watching basketball and if your team's not entertaining you the best thing that you can do is not watch them because they will then make changes they will make changes in a heartbeat if you if they stop getting ratings or filling seats i promise you 
So I just so to me, I'm like, hey, this is supposed to be entertainment. So that's like my big thing. Yeah. If you and if you vibe with that, like definitely give me a follow. I'll always respond if you you know not coming coming into my mentions hating so. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of my uh, you know that's that's where I'm at. So yeah, man, I appreciate you. And y'all, if y'all sneakerheads, he got some great content on Tiki Talk as well. I love watching <laughs> on Tiki Talk. You know, I'm old. I say Tiki Talk. I don't know how to say it. Anymore, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you coming on. We definitely going to talk offline about these baseball games, and obviously having you come on during the NFL season to talk a little bit yeah. about your team, the Chargers, especially if they had come out the gates pretty hot. But um, Petty appreciate you fam hey y'all go give them those follows appreciate everything you've done great conversation y'all been listening to the time is now have a great day people take care we do not own the rights to this music I fear no man but God Though I walk through the valley of death Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dime breed Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest Until I got that thug like tatted on my chest Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past, you wanna last Be the first to blast, remember Kato No longer with the seat the seats Call on the sirens, seen them murdered in the streets Now rest in peace, is there heaven for a G? Remember me, so many homies in the cemetery Shed so many tears uh, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears Now that I'm struggling in this business by any means Label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen And the world cause I'm cursed I'm having visions of leaving here in the hearse God, can you feel me? Take me away from all the pressure and all the pain Show me some happiness again, I'm going blind I spent my time in the cell, ain't living well I know my destiny is hell, but did I fail? My life is in denial, and when I die Baptized in eternal fire, shed so many tears Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many tears and shed so many tears. Now I'm lost and I'm weary, so many tears. I'm suicidal, so don't stand in me. My every move is a calculated step to bring me closer to embracing early death. Now there's nothing left. There was no mercy on the streets. I couldn't rest. I'm barely standing, about to go to pieces, screaming peace. And though my soul was deleted, I couldn't see it. I had my mind full of demons trying to break free. They planted seeds and they hatched, sparking the flame inside my brain like a match. Such a dirty game. No memories, just a misery. Painting a picture of my enemies killing me in my sleep. Will I survive till the moan and to see the sun? Please don't forgive me for my sins, cause here I come. Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. God, I lost so many peers. And Lord knows I tried. Been a witness to homicides and drive-bys taking lives. Little kids die. Wonder why as I walk by. Broken hearted as I glance at the chalk line, getting high. This ain't the life.
life for me I wanna change, but ain't no future right for me I'm stuck in the game, I'm trapped inside a maze See this Tangeray influence me to getting crazy disillusioned lately I've been really wanting babies, so I can see a part of me that wasn't always shady Don't trust my lady, cause she's a product of this poison I'm hearing noises, think she's shitting on my boys, can't take no more I'm falling to the floor, begging for the Lord to let me into heaven's door Shed so many tears Lord, I lost so many kids and shed so many tears conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No, nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. Then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. <laughs> pro-life, pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like them. They don't like women. They believe a woman's primary role is to function as a broodmare for the state. Pro-life. You don't see many of these white anti-abortion women volunteering to have any black fetuses transplanted into their uteruses, do you? No, you don't see them adopting a whole lot of crack babies, do you? No, that might be something Christ would do. Here we go again. Just last week, I was speaking on the tragedy in Buffalo. In the last two weeks, just to first to address it, second to uh, acknowledge the victims. And then I believe that same day, if not a day later, we have the incident, the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, similar to Sandy Hook. The fact that we keep rating it and saying, oh, this level, it's the second worst. Oh, they're, they're only, they came in second place. Their deaths were second place. They, they almost took the trophy as the tallies kept going up to, I believe, 19 children. There was a story about one child, how they were laying next to one of their classmates, one of their friends, and covered themselves in blood to play dead. And then crawled over to their dead teacher to take her phone 
to then call 911 and, and, and try to be as quiet as possible so she did not end up like the fate of the rest of her classroom. You have the other kids who, who survived this incident, who tell the tales of what they heard and the words that he said, you're all going to die. And then you hear he shoots his grandmother in the face without a license, drives down there, crashes the car in a ditch, and then goes into the school. And from what I've heard, there were three different um, law enforcement of some shape, form, or fashion who did not engage and did not stop him from doing what he had inevitably done. Then when he went inside for 90 minutes of terror, the other police waited outside to get instructions of what to do next. Some saying that they did not have proper training on this, but the people don't want to defund them. What are you doing? Why hire so many? Why train so little? Then you hear stories how uh, the, the, the police who did go inside went in for their own selfish reasons because their children were inside. Now, I don't know if they went to go rescue their children along with their classmates. I don't know, it's, but it, they made it seem as if they went to go rescue their children first and then get them out, not to stop the gunman, not to even interact with the gunman, because they're more concerned about their own lives and their own children's life. Now, that's the thing. That's human nature, but that's not your job. Then they detained another mother who drove 40 minutes to the school. Somehow she knew one of the police officers. They let her go and she found a way to hop inside of the school and get her two children. Now, you're telling me that an untrained woman can go inside and get her children, but none of you guys were, all you guys were afraid to encounter him as you hear the bullets shooting you what do you think he's shooting in the air no he's killing innocent lives but moreover about that how is it that we have such lenient gun laws why does this only happen in the united states now there's there's terror and things going on everywhere we have gangs shooting each other left and right now most of those guys are obviously are buying guns illegally that's a whole nother issue but at the end of the day the people do not care about those lives if they cared about those lives, we wouldn't have these mass shootings. It would be so easy to put for you to put an AR-15 in the same level of, uh, as a hunting rifle. What can you hunt with an AR-15 aside from people? Because you cannot consume any meat that's gonna be shredded to, to holes like that with all that lead and all that metal. You can't eat it. Because it's under the category as rifle, then it could be used as a hunting tool, which mean, and they actually you know the funny thing is, all rifles, a majority of rifles cost less than handguns for the same reason to deter you away from handguns. So the uh, so the, the NRA will have you believe that because you've, it's harder to purchase a pistol, which is seen more to use as a crime because it could be concealed, so you cannot go into public places with it. So they say AR-15 or any other hunting rifle, air quote, you cannot be disguised and you could be apprehended or, or, or stopped or thwarted by the law. And then this, thus, these are easier to purchase at the age of 18 because you're gonna go hunting with your dad or mom, but we know. But an AR-15, a semi-automatic weapon is usually used in, in, in military form. Even the police, majority of police do not have them in their possession because it's overkill. What is the purpose of it? So this year we have over 200 mass shootings, not all in schools, but mass shootings nonetheless, because of the accessibility of military weapons and why? Why are the politicians more concerned about what's happening in a woman's fetus than what they are doing about gun control? The accessibility of it, 
the lack of background checks, the lack of psych evaluations, things of that nature. This country is concerned about more about money and I'll dive into it. So they don't care about what you do with your fetus and why you're doing it, whether it's health reasons or either other, or financial reasons, whatever the case may be, it is your body, do what you want with it. An embryo, in my opinion, is not a child. And this is a person, I'm actually pro-life, okay? But I'm also someone who has the mindset of knowing that is not my call to make. It is not my job as a man to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body in a free, air quote, free country. But it's obviously easy for for people, children, teenagers to access weapons of mass destruction. But why? Why are you so focused on Roe versus Wade being overturned and not more higher restrictions for, uh, for gun safety to accessibility for weapons of mass destruction? Why? Let's dig into it. When it comes to these embryos, who are the majority who actually get them? You would think that it's the minority. You would think it's black and brown women. No, it is middle to lower class white women. And majority of them vote a certain way, don't they? Majority of them vote a certain way. So you're preserving these lives so they become voters for your cause. It's going to push things to your agenda to keep you in power. Also, as George Carlin just eloquently stated, you have more people who are going to join the armed forces. Hmm. So you're breeding voters and military because the majority of them are not going to be able to be normal members of society. And then on occasion, you might get one who might end up being a governor. Because it only takes a C-class student of that community to be the president of the United States. Hey, George Bush. <laughs> so you see how it is. It's all about money. It's all about power. The same thing with, with, with the NRA and having these guns. Why? To make more money. The same, the same reason they have for allowing these gun laws to be so lenient is the same reason why oxycodone is not banned. It's not a banned substance because they know it's addictive, but they're gonna sell it to you anyway, and they can control the substance. Marijuana was illegal for years for that same reason. Even cocaine was illegal for years because they didn't grow the best stuff. Still kinda is, but is it? They made crack more illegal because it was making black people too rich. They don't care about the community, they want you to kill each other off. You know how I know that? In every area, minority area, lower class, lower middle class, whatever. If it's hard, if it's hard pressed for you to find a grocery store, but easier to find a liquor store, they want you to die. They don't care about you. And that is a fact. They don't want your vote. They don't want your bodies. It's all about money. Sandy Hook was less than a decade ago, but yet here we are again with Uvalde. We need new gun laws, new policies. If this is supposed to be the greatest country on earth, then they will go to a point where they will get they will get rid of all guns. And I'm a gun owner. You know why I'm a gun owner? You know why I have my rifle? Because there's other people out there who have them as well, and I need to protect myself and my family. But if there was no gun laws, if there I'm sorry, if there was no guns on the street, if there was no semi-automatic weapons, if there was no pistols, and I'm talking about even the police, because I gotta protect myself from them. 
people out here could buy body armor and headgear out in Buffalo, 18 year old. Why do you need headgear and armor? Who are you fighting? What war are you fighting? And why are people allowed to sell it? Even more of a moral code, even though it's not against the law to sell it, I would not sell it anyway. And if I did sell it, I'm gonna not only flag them, I'm gonna contact the authorities to say, hey, this guy just asked my right, it's, it's not against the law to sell it, but however, this guy right here, I, want, I need you guys to watch him. I need you guys to pay attention to him. Here's his address. Maybe we wanna bring him in for questioning. I'm gonna sell it, it's, it's my right to sell it. I have a job to do. However, I'm gonna do my deal, due diligence civic duty because guess what if they bite in my if they bite in my store they might kill people in my own community maybe my own children at their school you never know think about that but this country is so fixated on being a capital who could get more money and do more with it and buy the nice car and buy the big house we care more about that than the common man so get rid of all the damn guns police too get them all melting down I don't even want to see it inside of a museum 30, 40 years from now. Get rid of all of them. Have you seen the movie Demolition Man? They have these little wands. They have all these different things they use. They got rid of all guns in a society. Now, I know there's a part where, 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 where uh, Wesley Snipes' character were able to find the guns inside of a museum and put them at a, uh, at a poor disadvantage. I get it. However, if you get rid of all of them and have harsh, harsh penalties as though who sell weapons and ammunition illegally, harsh penalties. The same one you gave to crack dealers back in the 80s. Apply the same logic to people who will then sell them. You get rid of all of those. You look at countries that don't even, when the police officers don't even have guns, their crime rates are lower. Less crime, less fatalities. There'll be no killing by the police at all. They only have tasers or things of that nature. You don't need a gun to take someone down who's running away from you. Get rid of all the guns. If you really care, I said it on the show many, many episodes ago, maybe a season or so ago. I said, if you look at the movie Monsters, Inc. And people thought for so many years you needed to scare them to produce, because they use the scare to, to, to draw the screams from the children to power their plant, to power their, uh, uh, their, their cities, their, their world. They used the screams, the terror of the children, until one day they found out that the laughter of child gave exponentially more. So not only were they able to do something positive, it actually benefited them as well. Same thing applies to here. These same companies who are making these weapons of mass destruction, make other things, find other ways to make even more money if you have to, but if it saves a life, that is the highest commodity. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep your head to the sky Be optimistic mm -hmm. Well that's it this week guys Thank you all for rocking me once again Another great show, uh, another week um, we, This week we did have special guests The pettiest Laker fan I affectionately call him D-Money. That's my dude. He's going to be back on in the near future. The music choice this week was So Many Tears by Tupac Shakur. We know we had a lot of tears this week. But all we could do is have thanks, give thanks to the Almighty above for having another day of life. We know that is very, very precious. Remember, if you like the show, of course, like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word.
If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possesses to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace. To reach higher and higher